Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, Advancements in Buffer Management and Single-Use Inline Buffer Formulation. I'm Brandi Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Nainesh Shah, Senior Application Engineer at Asahi Kasei Bioprocess. Mr. Shaw has over 35 years of experience spanning active ingredient, drug substance R&D to large-scale manufacturing, along with five years innovating with liquid chromatography, buffer formulation, filtration, and oligosynthesis equipment for GMP environments. He has led and obtained numerous international patents in pharmaceutical drug substance discovery. Buffer management is so critical to bioprocessing. Uh, Can you provide some examples of recent improvements and what you see as the future in this area? Yes, a perfect question. So buffers in general are a large quantity usable item for bioprocessing, for harvesting and recovering of the product. And uh, the old school method was to make it in tanks and then use it as needed. Right now, in current situation, with the real estate in the bioprocessing industry so high and pricey and new technologies available, which can give you the buffers on demand, as we call it, the inline buffer formulation is becoming a hot topic and a topic of choice for many of the bioprocessing industry large-scale users. And now it has also gone down, trickled down to small-scale R&D setup users who need 200 to 500 liters of buffer at a time. And that is where uh, the inline buffer management system comes in place where you just need the concentrates uh, that you are going to use for the buffer formulation and uh, a Wi-Fi water connection, uh, clean water. And uh, you get your buffer on demand and you can do a quick changeover by your cleaning and uh, get back to a next uh, next buffer formulation uh, without wasting time on cleaning of the tank and picking up samples and uh, readjusting the critical parameters. So in recent times, any new manufacturer, whether it's a large scale or small scale, tends to move into this field of buffer management and just have one or two uh, what we call as IBD or motives and use them for making all sorts of buffers that they need to and it has been gaining popularity in the industry. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Motive family of inline buffer formation fluid management systems that you have? Yeah, so the Motive family has come up a long way. Asahi Casey actually started making uh, IBDs, as they were called initially, and then IBFs and have patents on it. It has now evolved into a whole Motive family, which is a a three-pump system or a five-pump system with varied flow rates, varied material of construction, uh, whether it's a stainless steel or hest alloy or AL6XN and PFA or a combination of all three. It has proved itself as a, as a leader in, in making buffers, gone up to about 4,500 liters per hour scale-wise, and it can go down to 10 liters per minute scale. So the entire range and uh, now we have an added feature to it where it can fill up in bags and monitor the quantity in the bag and make the buffer on demand. So it's just being explored and used in more and more areas and in direct conjunction with MPLC systems as they need. So it has come a long way from what it started with. 
Recently, you featured a launch of a new Motive SU. Can you tell us a little bit about how this fits into the Motive family? Yes. So Motive single-use, SU is for single-use. That was the newest addition to our family for Motive, which is designed to cater the need where the bioprocess industry does not want to spend time in cleaning and cleaning validation and justification that the metal motive family or the motive metal pipe or motive is not preferred because either you want to use it as a one time and you don't want to spend the time in cleaning validation and making sure that it is free of all the contaminants and all the buffers which may be harmful for the next processing that is coming in or if you are having a buffer which has some chemical or some ingredient which is a no-no for all the other processes and you don't want to take that risk or if you have a buffer which may impart some color on the inside and it's all it's corrosive uh, you don't want to take any chances with your other motives then you go into this motive su where it's all replaceable parts where we call it a tube set with three tube sets that you replace which includes a pump head the valves that are needed for the inlet and the outlet and the ph conductivity sensor housing uh, back pressure valves and everything so it it all comes as a pre built unit you just have to replace all the components and put in the what we call as the k factor for the valves and the flow meters and everything and then you are ready to run it is on the same platform as the motive just a different way of working it doesn't have two pumps or more pumps for taking the concentrates in and a shear blender or a mixer it is all in one with only one moving component which is a magnetically driven mixer and which also works as, as a pump or as a suction device for taking the concentrates in and and mixes out and you have uh, six outlets to choose your buffer if you are going to fill them up in uh, multiple bags it is an ideal uh, win-win situation for people who don't want to disrupt their regular production lines but still want to use the same production criteria that may be later on in the future be added uh, to the production lines that is the new motive seo could you talk a little bit more about why single use is such an important option single use is an important option coming up because there is so much time and energy and money being spent or needed to clean and provide the justification or the verification for cleaning and then it has to be rechecked or re-verified or revalidated at, at at a percentage of time or at at a different time frame uh, to make sure that whatever you decided 2 years from now or 1 year from now is still effective and and there is no deterioration in the system or in in cleaning and and, and things like that that is where uh, the single use option is coming in people may say okay it's not green but overall when you see the amount of the time and and chemicals and everything that are being used for doing the justification i think it's a it's a, it's a good option and if your process permits it's not a one time use you can use it for long duration of time as long as you have the backup data that you are not contaminating and if you are using the same material over and over again Yes, it's a single use. It's a replaceable part, but it doesn't mean that it's a one-time use. That once you use it, it's gone. So that is that is where this option is coming in. It is just like the bioprocess industry using fifty-liter and hundred-liter bags 
for holding their buffers, which are all single use. And this this goes along in that same line for, for the bioprocessing industry. Right. That makes perfect sense. Could you walk through a little bit more about when would you choose a single-use option versus a stainless steel option? That's another quick question, and it, it is actually something that the user in the bioprocess industry always have to juggle and answer is like, okay, what should I do? A very quick criteria, anything corrosive, if you're having a stainless steel option, but if you're going to use something that in literature says that it is corrosive, and you, you don't have any documentation or any test reports to show that it is corrosive or not and whether stainless steel will hold up and you don't want to damage a stainless steel equipment, that is where this single-use option comes in. Is like, okay, that's a fail-proof thing. You can start your studies. You can start your bioprocessing studies, whatever you are doing in your trials. And at the same time, start doing some studies with stainless steel, whether you are using coupons or something to see what is the corrosion issue coming up. And then in six months' time, if you don't find any corrosion issues, you may as well switch over to a stainless steel. But to start with, a single-use option is the best and go from there, particularly for corrosion. Again, color, which any chemist or any bioprocessing person would know whether it's going to impart coloration or if it's going to impart any effect on the stainless steel from the inside. That is, again, a quick answer is like, go for a single use. If you are not sure whether you should invest something, then a single use is an option. If you use it, you prove your technology, that it works, and now you're going into a permanent situation, you go for the stainless steel or the alloys, and then you don't have to worry about the replacement parts and the replacement incurring cost, but it's a starting point. That makes sense. And just to follow along with that question, are there any striking differences between the single use and the stainless steel option? There are a few things that needs to be considered when you're using a single use. Just as I said earlier, because it uses only one pump, which is also a mixture, and it creates a suction force to take the concentrates in, there are limitations on the the maximum flow or the minimum flow that you can get and the concentrations. It is not good to use very concentrated material and then use a small quantity per minute to do the dilution. So that is a limitation that the user should consider. It is fairly accurate in the mid-range, but not in extremes. So that is something that they can check with us before they move forward. Other than that, there are no other options. It, it, it works on the same principle of mixing uh, a feedback control loop for the pH and the conductivity or the flow, and it can control in all the three parameters and give you the, the solution. It has its own tolerance values that the user can put in of what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. And when it is not acceptable, it will divert out to a, a waste uh, outlet. And then when it gets back into spec, it will revert back into the, in the, into the prod, what we call as a product outlet or the designated outlet and then start collection and monitor how much is collected. And then you can control based on the total volume of the buffer that you need to make or based on time. And uh, multiple parameters are there which the user can define and put it in their method. And these are very easy to use methods intuitive, uh, just a quick 15, 20 minutes walkthrough can get them up and running. 
Could you talk a little bit more specifically about the operating system for this unit and also answer the question of if an end user wants to create a new buffer, do they need to come to AKBA? A quick answer is uh, the operating system is based on a Windows-based PC, which is actually housed inside the electrical enclosure. And then we use Allen Bradley controls for all the control mechanism. The user does not have to contact AKBA or to work with AKBA if they want to add any new buffer or modify a new buffer or anything like that. They can make their own buffers. Uh, Those are all sometimes confidential and proprietary, and AKBA is not in that field. But we teach the user how to make methods, and it is just a drop-down menu and fill in the blanks. And then you say, okay, here is my method, run it, and then it's ready to go. So they don't have to come to us. They can always come to us if they're having any issues with making a buffer or or things like that. And we are always there to help and and guide them through. Other than that, it's a one-time use. And uh, once they get the hang of it, it's like a self-driving car. And lastly, for end users who are interested in implementing uh, the system, what is the setup like? Is it easy to set up? Are there a lot of requirements? What does the setup look like for this piece of equipment? So the regular motive and the single-use motive, those are all skid units which are mounted on wheels and they can be easily wheeled in and out of of the using area or you you move it out when you don't need it because, uh, as I said earlier, real estate is is very prime in in bioprocessing industry and uh, and rooms are are being utilized for multipurpose as as multipurpose rooms. So these these are simple. You wheel in connect your electrical uh, power supply. It can be 110, uh, 220, 230 volts, or in some cases, if you if it is a higher flow rate, it may need the three-phase power supply, but those are all plug-ins. Uh, you connect air supply for the valves and everything to open. You connect your uh, concentrate uh, containers. Uh, it can be bags. It can be 1,200 or 1 meter cube totes, whatever it is, or drums. Uh, and then uh, connect your where you want your buffer whether it's going to a container right sitting next to it or it goes into a a port which goes into a room and then transfers it to another room but that's it no no easy no special tools required for starting it up or shutting it down uh, you just follow the sequence and shut it down shut down the what we call as the scada and then you shut down the computer and you unplug and uh, you are good to go uh, keep it in a cool dry place and uh, you are good uh, the floor size requirement is a typical office table space required with with the lines coming in and out and electrical power. It has a small HMI on top of it to see how the process is moving and all the pertinent data is, is displayed there. Uh, if there are alarms or something, it will show you right there uh, what is happening and the operator or the user can can take care of it right there. That sounds like a really intuitive and easy to install and also run system. I just want to thank you so much for your time today. This has been such an instructive and interesting conversation about buffers and buffer formulation, and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To listen to other podcasts related to the discovery, development, and manufacture of biologics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com. And for downstream process topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.